welcome to Everything Under the Sun. I've been having a great time out and about visiting shops and talking to people about my book. It's been a very busy time. But when I've had free time, I quite like writing in my journal. I've been sent one recently by my travelling cat friend, Banjo Robinson. He sent me his brilliant journal for 2022, which is coming up after Christmas. The journal's packed with facts and activities and has lots of space for writing and drawing. I think it'll be the perfect companion for what I'm sure will be another busy year. And did you know that journaling is not only great fun, it can actually help reduce worry for children and grown-ups. If I've got a problem, I love to write about it and that helps me sort it out. Banjo says friends of everything under the sun, that's you, can get your paws on a journal with 50% off if you visit banjorobinson.com slash everything. Now it's time for everything under the sun. Hello and welcome to everything under the sun a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. How's your week been? I've had my birthday. I had loads of fun with my children, birthday cake, celebrating with friends, and I even did a charity carol concert for children where I did a reading from Everything Under the Sun. I read the Christmas Day question by Neil Gaiman. It is, does Mrs. Christmas help Father Christmas work out who has been naughty or nice? Have a look at the question yourself in the book if you've got a copy. I hope you do. Everything Under the Sun is available in all good bookshops and online now, so get yourself a copy. Our first question this week comes from Serena, and it's a very interesting one about poems. Over to Serena. Hello, Molly. My name is Serena, and I'm seven. My question is, who wrote the first poem? Hi, Serena. Thanks for your totally excellent question. Poems are so wonderful. I love the way there's one to fit every feeling and people all over the world love to write them. I wondered who I could find to answer your question expertly, and I thought of William Seacott, who's written a book called Everyone Sang, a poem for every feeling. I met William last week at Hatchard's Bookshop, a five-storey, very old and beautiful, beautiful bookshop in London, in Piccadilly. They had a Christmas party where William and I were signing books for grown-ups to give to their children this Christmas. There were lots and lots of other authors too, including Joanna Lumley, who your parents might like. She signed a book I bought from her, which she's written about the Queen. Anyway, I bought a copy of William's poetry book, which I love, for my goddaughters. And so I've read it cover to cover. It's full of beautiful poems William has chosen very carefully. So however you feel, you'll find a poem to match your mood. Each poem has gorgeous drawings to go with it, drawn by Emily Sutton. I think you'll love the book and there's a chance to win a copy after this week's question. So listen in. Here's William to answer Serena's question. Over to William. Hello, Serena. What a brilliant question. Well, of course... 
We don't really know who wrote the first poem, but what we do know is that the very first written languages that are ever recorded, which are in ancient Sumeria, are filled with poetry. So we have to presume that people have always made poems. So maybe the first poem wasn't written at all. It was before people could write. But as long as people could speak, I reckon they made poetry. And here's a good example from 700 years ago, from what I think is probably the greatest poet that ever lived, a man called Hafiz, who was brought up in a place called Shiraz, in those days in Persia. And he wrote a poem 700 years ago that said, I wish I could show you when you're lonely or in darkness the astonishing light of your own being. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you for your lovely question. Thanks so much, William. I love the poem you chose to read. It's a brilliant one. And we must all remember that whenever you feel a little bit blue, remember how brightly you shine and how loved you are. I hope that answers your question, Serena, and thank you for sending it in. If you'd like to win a copy of William's new book, Everyone Sang, here's what you have to do. Think of your favourite two words that rhyme. So there's shoe that rhymes with blue, and there's orange that rhymes with blorange. Yep, blorange is a real word. Honestly, I didn't make it up. Just send me a recording of you saying your favourite rhyme to molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk and I'll pick a winner on next week's podcast. Stop the podcast now and enter the competition with help from your grown-up. Good luck, everyone. Now we have another question that's about words as well. This time, it's not about beautiful words and poetry. It's about swear words. How rude. It comes from Dennis. Over to Dennis. Hello, Molly. My name is Dennis and I live in Cork City. And... I'm seven, and I like hurling. My question is, why did they make curse words? Hi, Dennis. What a good question. Amazing you like hurling. We'll have to do a question about hurling on the podcast one day. Maybe you can answer it for me. I hear from your mum you caught your hand in the door last week, and you listened to everything under the sun while you were waiting for an x-ray. I really hope you and your hand are okay. Was anything broken? Did you curse when you got your hand stuck in the door? Wouldn't be surprised if you did. Amazing news from your mum to hear everything under the sun is on your Santa list. I hope he brings you a copy and I hope you love it. I think Rudolph is reading lots of copies of everything under the sun right now and learning loads of facts, including how he and the other reindeer managed to see in the dark. Now let's answer your question. The idea of a swear word comes from the importance that ancient cultures placed on swearing by the name of a god or gods. In ancient Babylon, swearing by the name of a god was meant to stop people from telling bits. People believed if you said something and swore by a god it was true, then it turned out to be that you were actually fibbing. That would make the god very angry with you and maybe he would cause problems for you in your life. So people didn't like to do that. Nowadays, swear words are less to do with religion. Now they're often to do with things people think it's rude to talk about, 
They're often body parts, like supposedly rude parts of the body, and going to the loo. I can't really say all these swear words on the podcast, but I think you might be able to think of one or two. Different societies and cultures use different curse words, and what counts as a curse word in each culture often reflects that culture's fears and things they would rather not think about or talk about or think it's a bit rude to talk about. People who study language have discovered that people curse in every language or dialect ever studied. It doesn't matter whether the language is spoken by millions of people or by a single small tribe. Each language or dialect has its own form of curse words. People often curse when they're feeling very emotional, they're angry or upset, under pressure, in pain, or facing something surprising or unpleasant. Swearing can offer an emotional release. Some experiments have shown it can even increase the body's ability to put up with pain. Researchers at Keele University in the UK asked volunteers to hold their hand in icy water for as long as they could. They discovered that people with their hands in freezing water could keep their hands there for 40 seconds longer when they cursed than those who didn't swear. And they also felt less pain. So it can be helpful. Sometimes curse words can be used to hurt or insult someone else. Swearing also carries a social function. It can be a form of bonding between friends, which helps people to feel they belong more in their friendship groups. People tend to curse more in groups of friends where there's a relaxed atmosphere. Swear words can also be used to add emphasis to certain sentences, but I don't really recommend that you do that. It's better not to curse everyone. However, swearing is so linked to people's emotions that they're kind of thought of as expressions of emotions, really, rather than straightforward words. This helps to explain why every effort to get rid of swearing throughout history has failed. Banning words that are linked to emotions is as impossible as banning the emotions themselves. Did you know chimpanzees use kind of curse words in a similar way to us? They hold these kind of cursing matches between one another as a way of letting out aggression and avoiding a potentially dangerous physical fight. So there you go. Even chimpanzees have their own special curse words. I hope that answers your question, Dennis, and thank you for sending it in. And I hope your hand is a lot better. Now, I've been flicking through my Banjo Robinson 2022 journal and I found lots of activities hidden in its pages. There are mood trackers. There's lots of space to write and draw. And there's lots of facts. There are also special pages about things like Pride and Black History Month and lots of stuff about well-being and even how to identify a penguin. Oh, hang on, there are lots of famous people's birthdays in here too, including one of my favourite writers, Jacqueline Wilson, and climate hero, Greta Thunberg. How cool is that? You can find out all these people's birthdays. This limited edition 440-page hardback journal is being sold with 50% off at just £12.50 for friends of everything under the sun. Check out banjomagic.com slash everything I'm counting down the days until I can start writing in mine 
Now for our third question. It's about something a little further away from us here on Earth than swear words and poems. It's about something that used to be a planet. It begins with P. It's also a cartoon dog. Can anyone guess what this question could be about? It's about Pluto. And it comes from Ellie. Over to Ellie. Hi, my name is Ellie. I'm seven years old. And my question is, why is Pluto not a planet anymore? Thanks, Ellie, for your curious question. How can something be a planet, but then turned into not a planet? Or Pluto? Pluto was discovered in 1930 by an American astronomer called Clyde Tombaugh, who was using an observatory in Arizona. When he found it, he thought it was a planet. Do you know how it got the name Pluto? Well, there was an 11-year-old girl called Venetia Burney who lived in Oxford, England. She and her grandpa were having breakfast and he was reading the newspaper. He told his granddaughter about a new planet that had been discovered in Arizona that didn't have a name. She said, oh, grandpa, I think it should be called Pluto. And her grandpa was so wonderful that he really listened to his granddaughter, just like mine always did. And he passed on the name that she came up with to the Lowell Observatory in Arizona, where the planet had been discovered. He did this via his friends in Oxford, where he was a professor. They loved the name Pluto and decided to name the new planet Pluto. This little girl, Venetia's grandpa, gave her five pounds as a reward, which was a lot of money back then. Did you know Pluto, the cartoon character, is named after the planet, not the other way round? So we have this planet called Pluto, but then what happened? Well, astronomers started looking more carefully and they thought, hmm, actually, this might be part of a group of icy bodies just beyond the orbit of Neptune. They wondered whether all the icy bodies in this group should actually be called planets, which got them thinking about what a planet actually is. In 2006, the International Astronomical Union decided to work out a list of what you needed to have to be considered a planet. They decided you needed to be 1. In orbit around the Sun 2. An almost round shape 3. You needed to have cleared the neighbourhood which meant that there weren't any other big things in orbit around that planet other than little satellites near to it in space. Pluto did not fit the third criteria if it hadn't cleared its neighbourhood. It shared space with other icy bodies. So Pluto was disqualified as a planet and it's now known as a dwarf planet. Some scientists think this was the wrong decision and less than 5% of the world's 10,000 astronomers took part in the vote. So, maybe, in the future, Pluto will become a planet again. Though it doesn't look that likely at the moment. Dwarf planet it is. Thank you, Ellie, for your wonderful question and thank you for sending it in. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. 
A huge thank you to the ever-wonderful William Seagart for talking to us about poems and who wrote the first one, as well as to Serena, Ellie and Dennis for this week's questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. You must enter the competition to win a copy of Everyone's Sung, William Seacart's new book of poetry with beautiful drawings by Emily Sutton. I really like it and I think you will too. So just open a grown-up's voice recording app on their phone, say your name, your age and think of a word that rhymes with another word. Send the recording or ask your grown-up to send the recording via email to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. I'll play all of your entries on next week's podcast. Good luck, everyone. And remember, do send me your Christmassy questions for Lauren Child and Neil Gaiman. And get yourself a copy of Everything Under the Sun, a curious question for every day of the year. Tune in next week when our guest will be Tom Fletcher. And of course, tell your friends to listen. Don't forget to ask your grown-ups to visit banjorobinson.com slash everything for more info on Banjo's 2022 journal. Next year is going to be chock-a-block full of reading, writing and thinking. And my cat friend Banjo is going to be with me all the way. Make space for thinking, writing, reflecting and fun with Banjo Robinson. Have a lovely week. I hope you read some gorgeous poems. Try not to use curse words. And well, see if you can spot a star or even a planet or dwarf planet in the night sky. Sending lots of sunshine. Thank you and goodbye. (laughs) 